Hey folks, and welcome back to another Fanbyte review podcast. I am not a hero, but I am managing editor of Fanbyte.com, Stephen Strum, and I am joined this week for the first time in a long time by a guiding light with questionable regenerative abilities, I would say, one Colin McGregor. How you doing? I'm doing good. My re- my regeneration abilities have been, you know, off and on, but they're, they're pretty good. I can only uh, grow back a few fingers, which is, you know, can be convenient when you're like, having kitchen mishaps, but otherwise it's just really not that helpful. Well, that makes you unique because uh, it seems like uh, losing fingers is one of the only things that you can't uh, fix with uh, MedPack. In the (laughs) world of Resident Evil Village, we are here to review this year game for fanbyte.com, as we do with a plethora of big AAA games, and we're going to decide if you should buy this one at a high price, (laughs) or not. And uh, I think we could get just right into it and talk about what's going on with Resident Evil Village. It is set about three years after the events of Resident Evil 7, colon biohazard or biohazard seven colon resident evil if you're nasty and uh we are once again in the boots of ethan winters everybody's favorite character i I know you love him colin uh i love him so much he's definitely not the most boring character this series is somehow put out definitely not no i just i want to like ethan because i I like some of this his like dumbfoundedness in this scenario but like I don't I don't know why we needed him back to back. Like there's so many more interesting characters in Resident Evil than Ethan. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or uh, Colin, because I find Ethan plenty interesting. I find it incredibly interesting just how fucking stupid he is at every turn <laughs> in every possible scenario throughout this game. Uh, and th- those scenarios sort of kick off, uh, as people can probably tell from the uh, trailers, just a word of uh, semi warning or reverse warning, I guess, at this one. We're not going to be talking to too specifically about major spoilers for Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8. Uh, instead, we're just going to be talking about like uh, the, the general gist of the game and what's going on. But there will be things that are mentioned uh, and shown in some of the trailers and stuff. So you, ab- so you absolutely do not want to know anything about this game. This is your chance to uh, clock out and go, um, you know, grab a typewriter, save your spot, save this uh, section of the podcast for later and kind of uh, resume your progress from there once you beat the game. Uh, But yeah, uh, we are back with Ethan Winters, the protagonist of Resident Evil 7, who after the events of uh, that game has moved his family to Europe, uh, which I love in this game because it's just like, where did they move to? Europe. What what country? What city? What anything? You know, just Europe. Just Europe is just all Europe. that is ever specified in like all their journals and stuff. We I moved my family to Europe. It's just uh, you know Europe, the the state of Europe. It's a it's a very small mm-hmm. place that uh, we're you know I, I feel like it's France. Like I feel like they just um, didn't want to say it's France, but it feels like it's France just because the the last names of like the majority of the main characters you run across and like. The way uh, the merchant like always uh, adds a French accent to a lot of the names, mm. it feels like it's France. I don't know why they just are like, yeah, no, this is Europe. But I also don't know like France's topography. If there's like just snowy mountain areas that would no one's be, quite like, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one, uh, no one has ever actually seen France with their own eyes and survived the tell of the tale. <laughs> um, but Ethan, and we find out why, because uh, Ethan, very quickly in this game, who is living with his evil wife Mia from the first, for, from not the first Resident Evil, from the seventh Resident Evil, which is basically the first game in this continuity because it is a soft reboot. It does technically take place in the same universe as those previous six games, but who, they don't really come into play that heavily. Um, and, uh, you know, they are all kind of chilling in their uh, European vacation with National Lampoon. And then uh, who should show up but one Chris Redfield, just as he does in that first trailer, to uh, shoot the ever-loving shit out of Mia and uh, steal Ethan's baby uh, and then kind of disappear into the night. Uh, Ethan gets knocked out in the whole process. He awakens, uh, having been dragged by one of uh, Chris Redfield's commandos into some kind of um, strange village, which is we find out very quickly is full of werewolves and zombies and vampires and various other different monster-type things uh, that are not what you would normally expect from a Resident Evil game, and yet here they are. Um, Colin, kind of gonna just ask real quick what's your sort of past history with the resident evil franchise um 
I've I've played a lot of the Resident Evil games. I'm actually a pretty big fan with the Resident Evil game, uh, the Resident Evil series in general. Um, I Resident Evil Two is the first horror game I ever played when I was uh, a youngin, and mm. I've been pretty faithful with keeping with the series since then. I I like the majority of the games. I even like their really dumb animated movies where Chris Redfield and that other guy just run in a circle shooting each other. God, I, that fucking scene is so just good. Classic. I, I love Resident Evil because it's willing to take chances where I think a lot of horror game series don't. Like, I like Silent Hill, but for me, Silent Hill stagnates a lot because it relies a lot on the same kind of, like, theming and ideas and general tone where Resident Evil just says, fuck it, let's just, you know, let's just try, let's just have Chris go to fucking town on a boulder and, you know, if that doesn't work, we're going to have Leon stab a giant shark with a harpoon. And then it's just kind of this evolution. So I was really excited going into Resident Evil 8 because uh, I really did like uh, 7. I know 7 can be a lot of people's favorites because it's such a radically different game. Um, but I, I liked 7. I didn't love 7 as much because Resident Evil to me is always that like keen mix of action and horror and I felt like 7 missed a little bit of that uh, that action That's part. interesting. That's interesting because I actually think the worst parts of Resident Evil 7 and, I, and this is not an unpopular opinion. Lots of people will say this about a lot of different Resident Evil games like 4 is a good example. 3 is almost like its own game version of this where it's like on an arc, the Resident Evil franchise starts with horror and then just slowly ramps up per game to like this big sort of combat heavy conclusion. Uh, you see a lot of that in Resident yeah. Evil 2. You see a lot of that in Resident Evil 4. You see a lot of that. And then Resident Evil 5 is like the Resident Evil 3 of, of that. Like, you know, t speaking of like the evolution of the franchise, my kind of view on it has always been like, yeah, it does. It, it does grow and change, but it always grows and changes in the wrong direction, in my opinion. And then they sure. sort of every so often they will reset the formula and then say, wow, that was really popular. What if we made it even more popular by making it a game where you shoot a lot of guns all the time um, because people love to shoot guns all the time. And so that's how you go from Resident Evil 2 to Resident Evil 3 and then Resident Evil 4 to Resident Evil 5 then to Resident Evil 6, which the less said about the better. Uh, and now I feel like a very similar thing has happened with Resident Evil 7 to Resident Evil Village, um, which is technically Resident Evil 8. Um, there, there's some conflict over whether it, what it's actually called, but I'll, I just call it village um, where this is seven was such a return to like the very specific claustrophobic horror and then like found a fresh take on it with the first person perspective, which this game keeps. It is once again, a first person game, um, but we are out of the very small claustrophobic area in Louisiana with a very subdued sort of uh, almost found footage horror style yeah. in that game. Uh, and now we are just like full on like there's fucking werewolves look at that vampire oh my god holy shit like grab your shotgun Ethan go to fucking town like, especially in some sequences because and we, we can talk about this but the uh, structure of this game uh, is very different yeah I think so when it comes to like kind of Resident Evil's tone I think it's a very interesting study because it feels a lot like the horror film genre as a whole where it's it's a it's a constant involving mess where it kind of follows kind of trends and ideas where five, six, and a lot of kind of like revelations to a lesser degree, uh, they kind of follow that like when action was just really just taking off and then everyone was like, that's when shooters and Call of Duty and all of those were really kind of reaching their apex of popularity. Resident Evil kind of pivoted to that. And then when games like PT and uh, slower based horror games kind of, uh, Amnesia of the Dark Descent. Yeah, Amnesia. Yeah, yeah well, this just came out not too long ago, but yeah. Really, uh, really started to take hold. Uh, Seven came out and kind of brought that kind of back. And I feel like this one is trying to do what the Resident Evil 2 remake was trying to do, which is kind of modernize uh, it to a degree. Um, still keep some of the horror, because uh, we definitely do see that, but it's a lot more segmented than I think people are going to like. Um, but... I, it keeps some of the horror, um, but also does add kind of that like chaotic thrill that you get that you got in the the remake. At least in two, three is kind of a mess. Uh, the remake of three, 
Um, it feels like if they're trying to do that, they're kind of trying to do Resident Evil 4 again uh, a lot. It's really <laughs> Resident Evil 4 vibes, yeah. I think, because I, lo- I love Resident Evil 4, but it leans on Resident Evil 4, I think, a little too much at times. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to, and I would rather them go, like, on the spectrum of, like, Resident Evil 4 to Resident Evil 5 and 6. I would definitely re- much rather that uh, needle swing over to Resident Evil 4, and I think they do a good job of, of of emulating that. I do like this game, to be clear. I um, it's just I think my my bar is so high from Resident Evil 7, which was a game that I really really adored for how good it was at really kind of like just pulling back like the throttle on the franchise in a way that made it feel fresh again, and also felt like it was like really. Uh, faithful to the original like first two games with the whole idea of like here's a big door that's got a lion's uh, head on it and you need to find a gem and you slot that (laughs) gem into a clock and then that clock will spit out like a little key and you can put that key in the lion's mouth and then the lion's mouth opens and it deposits the thing that you need this emblem to open a door like that stuff was super super uh, cheesy and fun in the exact way that I want Resident Evil to be uh, Resident Evil 4 is, 4, Resident Evil Village is more like Resident Evil 4 in that it is, I mean, it's literally set in a European city, like a little town, uh, where the populace seems to have been turned into monsters. Uh, okay. you are, you know, as Ethan, you are trying to get your daughter back who has disappeared because of this, uh, family of, of, uh, weirdos, <laughs> I would say. There's sort of a, yeah. an assorted, uh, we were talking about it on Discord the other day and it's like, they're all, they're all themed. They, they get introduced to you very quickly and then the rest of the game is sort of you going to each of their different domains and uh, dealing with their different um, shticks. And their shticks are introduced to you. Literally, almost the first thing in the game uh, is this, like, Coraline, like Neil Gaiman's Coraline, the movie-ass intro, which is so different from Resident Evil. I love it. I love it so much. It's so strange, but it is, like, like, it is so different, and it looks gorgeous. I'll say that, too. Uh, But it is very funny because it does set up all these villains for you with this weird sort of um, stop-motion animated intro, and it's like big sea monster it's like okay sure vampire yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh uh evil weaver okay i guess sure yeah that makes that kind of fits the gothic horror and then it's like new england horse magneto (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny because like it really builds up these monsters and then like the last one that gets like really mad at like the fabled girl is like this just robot horse and like that's the draw that's the drawing line like the giant fish king, the like giant bat, and like the skeleton reaper were all fine. And then we got to this robot horse and like everything just fell apart. Yeah. Uh there's there's also a witch that is kind of like leading all of this. Um one Mother Miranda, who is again mentioned in a lot of those trailers, um, who, who you know is the like leader of uh Lady Dimis- Dim- Dimitrescu, I think is how you actually pronounce that name. Uh which is not how I would have thought that you pronounced the name of the tall vampire lady. In, no, that's not uh, in this game. But uh, yeah, uh, she's kind of leading uh, her and the rest of the gang here uh, in their different pursuits. Unclear for most of the game what that pursuit actually yeah. is, actually. Um, so we'll avoid spoiling too much of it. But um Pretty quickly, Ethan is helped. And this is, I think, where some of my not problems with the game, because it is just a very different thing at the end of the day. But it is where you can definitely see like, okay, they're drawing a very, very thick line here between Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil 4. Again, I keep getting the two mixed up because they are so similar in so many ways and intentionally so. Um, But like. The merchant from Resident Evil 4 basically shows up. There's a char- It's a different character. He's got a different name. He's got like more of a speaking role in the universe. He seems to be connected in some way to the events that are going on. But in terms of function, he is literally just the Resident Evil 4 merchant where he will sell you different like items and guns. You can sell different like special jewels to him. He will upgrade your guns for money, that sort of thing. Uh, he even does make jokes about the Resident Evil 4 merchant at various points, which is fun. Uh, but I, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think I'm very torn on its connection to 4. Like, I think it does, it takes some really... It takes some of the best elements of 4, but I think it leans too heavily on, like, reminding you that 4 exists. Like, the game opens 
with Ethan going into the village and then just being attacked by an endless amount of lichens. And then you just have to run into houses and barricade the doors as the lichens keep trying to rip into you. And then eventually, as the thing goes on, a big lichen shows up that's like the Chainsaw Garado in 4. And it, it, it's... It can be a little eye-rolling at times that the game like constantly feels like it's kind of prodding you at the side going like, hey, you remember this in 4? You liked this in 4, right? This is in 4. We're doing this again in Village, so it's going to be great, guys, right? Yeah, they literally um, ring a big bell, like a big church bell, and then that's what stops the horde from coming at you, which is one of the first things that happens in Resident Evil 4, which... I feel like that stuff is very front loaded. I, eventually, they they do get away from that and start yeah. doing mostly their own thing. Um, and you see them pull. You, you mentioned this in your written review, which people can find on fanbyte.com, of course. Um, but they start to reference a bunch of Resident Evil games from the past, which is funny because I, I mentioned Resident Evil 6. Resident Evil 6 kind of tried to do the same thing where Resident Evil 6 was like, mm-hmm. OK, we know you guys really liked four because you bought it. We know some people like five because it's more actiony or at least less like some people like five because it's more actiony and more. Uh, we want to keep moving in a more action focused direction because we think that will sell more copies. Um, but five sold very well. Like, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, they wanted to keep going in the action direction. They knew that people like the Resident Evil four mix of action and horror. And they knew that people kept like saying, hey, would you go back to the horror thing? So they were like, okay, what if we split this game up into three distinct little games <laughs> and each played completely differently and one tried to do one thing and one tried to do the other and none of them did it very well at all. Uh, that's what will work, right? And that is kind of what they do in Village. It, much, 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 much more successfully though because uh, it is less disjointed for one and um, cohesive in terms of like theme and plot and stuff. And um, you're just playing as one character the whole time. I also think just like having it in a first person perspective just leans harder in the horror direction naturally just because it is so claustrophobic. I think um, a lot of what helps uh, the kind of cohesion, because I was very worried about that. Um, Because you can kind of see it starting to happen once you get to the second area that's completely different than the first, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I think what helps is it doesn't try to lean too heavily into the Resident Evil world word salad that a lot of the older games did. Where I it mean, just kind of BOWs and uh fucking Ouroboros and Las Plagas. Yeah. Like it really it doesn't front load a lot of its uh mystery and a lot of its uh the pseudoscience behind all of the the viruses and whatever's happening to the village. It's a very straightforward story that has some interesting twists and turns that does kind of like unravel a bit at the end when it try, when it realizes it needs to actually explain everything. So it just dumps everything uh, in the final act. But um, I think a lot of it, at least what it works for like the first, like majority for the majority of the game is it, it's a very simple story. It's Ethan trying to find his daughter and he has to go through these four crazy ass people in their respective areas to do it. Like that's a very simple thing where like Resident Evil 6 and to some degree Resident Evil 5, it's just a lot of technical terms. And like if you're not really caught up in Resident Evil lore, it can just make your eyes glaze over and you just. Want and who to gives a shit is the other yeah, who thing. Who gives too a there. shit? Honestly, who honestly nobody cares gives a shit? about <laughs> BOWs and Ouroboros and oh, Jill Valentine got a fucking weird spider crystal attached to her boobs and now she's evil because Wesker bleached her hair and made her evil it's fucking stupid uh this game is stupid in a different way which is that its protagonist ethan is maybe the biggest moron on the you know that like chart out there that that triangle that's like um here's what a himbo is here's what a hunk is here's what uh jock is and it's yeah. like okay here's a jock uh, a jock is a beefy and stupid uh you know a a hunk is uh beefy and kind a himbo has to be beefy kind and stupid and then like ethan is just like he's specked all the way into stupid he's not a hunk he's yeah. not even like a chris redfield style like like kind of himbo uh lovable goof moron that is like very big and whatever he is just a big huge dork that knows nothing and doesn't have a single thought in his head and every single time that somebody 
comes to him with any kind of idea or any kind of uh, possible solution to his problems, he's just like, no. <laughs> and like there is early on, you're fighting vampires. It's so clear that they are vampires. They drink your blood in first person at this part. And then like, as you fight them, um, he will at various points say like, ah, that crazy witch. Like, oh, oh. and it's like the scene from the end of From Dusk Till Dawn where, um, uh, George Clooney says, psychos don't explode when sunlight touches them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. <laughs> like, Ethan, <laughs> please understand the situation that you are in. Or there's, like, parts where it's like, oh, I have to grab this big, icky lever and it's covered in slime. It's like, Ethan, you have been bitten on the neck by 14 different werewolves at this point. Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, but my, my personal favorite one so far is like towards the end of the game. I won't spoil exactly what it is, but um, there's a character that comes to Ethan is basically like, hey, I've got the way to save your daughter. And this is the first character that has come to Ethan throughout this entire game who is like told him that, hey, I, I can be I can be of help to you. We can help save your daughter. Um, I know how to save your daughter. Uh, I can make it like happen for you together. We can, we can take down the big evil person who is behind all of this stuff with the help of your daughter. And Ethan is like, no, you're bad. And I don't do bad things like a bad guy. I'll take my chances by myself. And then just like leaves. And it's like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? I know exactly what scene you're talking about too, because I think because it's it's one of my favorite in the entire game because it shows like how interesting the villains are and how uninteresting Ethan is as right. a character. But so so like the the witches thing probably bothered me more than I I let on initially, like whenever I've talked about this game. But so up until that point, Ethan has no idea that they're they're witches. Like you learn, he kind of learns later on by reading through like the pages that that's technically what they're being referenced as as the daughters or as witches. But like he like gets strung up, he gets his like hand cut open, they drink his blood, and then they're he's like, oh, these witches. I'm like, really? That's your first fucking thought, Ethan? Like of all the bullshit you've seen, like that's the first thing. It's just, I don't even think he's trying to call them in that moment. I think he's just trying to insult them. He's he's yeah. basically trying to call them bitches, but like they didn't want to use that phrase in this game. Um, and so they just they said witches instead, because I don't think they are witches, really. Like Mother Miranda, I think, is more witch like. But those those are just straight up vampires, because that's like, that is the first part of this game is uh, Lady Dimitrescu's, uh castle, which is very. Resident Evil 2 police station. And yes. when I say Resident Evil 2, I mean like the remake because uh, Lady Dimitrescu kind of fulfills a similar role as Mr. X throughout a large chunk of that area. Now, what did what did because I, I've played through it twice now and I I had like no one to talk to when I was playing. Mm. I was very like uncertain if like this section was was as good as I thought it was. But like, what did you think of of her castle? Because I really enjoyed the kind of mix of action i think that is probably the best like compilation they've had as far as like action and horror in village because there's a good there's like some good fights in there but there's also like the threat of the daughters and lady Demetresque uh chasing you through the hall and i feel like the puzzles are just very classic resident evil like they're just like a bunch of really dumb like elaborate doors that you have to open through like really stupid means that like don't make any sense but like it's great, yeah. and I really liked it. I'm really curious what kind of you thought about that. Yeah, it, it's the most classic Resident Evil thing that I've seen in the game so far. I've not beaten it yet. I'm uh, in like the last ninety percent of the game at this point. Um, but I was rushing to try and beat it before, right before this, but I I just didn't quite make it because uh, I got code. We got a code very early on uh, that went to you, and then we got another code much 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 later, just like a day ago. Um, so it's not, which should also probably tell folks that it's not a super, super long game. And um, no. I think part of that is because Lady D's castle is the big, sort of like the big part of this game that feels like a, a classic Resident Evil level or section. And then the rest of the zones that I've encountered so far are gimmicky is too harsh. It's not, it's because I don't mean to be mean about them because I actually think it's like they're, they're right. smart and interesting like locations unto themselves, but they are more... 
specific and not as open-ended in that same way. Uh, one of them is sort of way, the, the second one, for instance, is way, 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 way more horror centric. It is, it is all of your guns and, and gear is, and such is taken away from you. And it's basically just solving puzzles while dodging a monster like it was uh, Amnesia, the Dark Descent or PT or something like that. Uh, another area is basically just a really extended boss fight. So they're all very different, but, uh, the castle is the thing again, that is just the most, like it's the police station from resident evil Two, basically. Um, it's good. It's, I think the most effective scare that I've gotten in that is just seeing like silently walking, uh, Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, coming at me up like a staircase, not saying anything and just like making a beeline, like a slow, steady beeline for Ethan, which I thought was like interesting um, in a very similar way to Mr. X. But her, her footsteps don't like clomp in the same way. Um, she just comes at you. And I thought that was really good and felt more organic and uh, procedural than um, or emergent rather than some of the other stuff in the game, because some of the other stuff later on is either if it's not action, it's much more like, oh, this is a boss fight. I understand how this works. I, I go here and then I press this button and yeah. then I pull out my grenade launcher and I shoot this guy. Sure. Um, but yeah, think, no, it, it's good. I think what 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 benefits the Lady Devatresk so much is unlike Mr. X, you can't stun her. Uh, there's like no way to like at least that I could find uh, to like make her stop chasing you. You just have sure. to move. You just have to run. She's an immovable force of nature that you have to like event deal with, and she will inconvenience you at the best times. And there's a, I think it has one of the best surprises, uh, the castle and the scares. I don't want to spoil it, but you were talking to me about it last night uh, with the healing, with the aftermath, with Ethan is like healing potion. Like there's a really there's a really good kind of like surprise uh, that happens like in the <laughs> yeah so I mean dumb. it's dumb it's, but it's, it's a good one <laughs> it's a surprise in the sense that I completely fucking forgot that this happened in Resident Evil Seven as well yeah. twice <laughs> um, and I was just like oh fucking right they can just do that I forgot um, it is it is a very weird strange moment in the game and I thought I think like Resident Evil Seven was actually like really good at developing those sort of weird, strange moments of uh, Ethan moving through that house and stuff like that. And their, again, their weird logic, the Resident Evil logic of like what is possible and not possible or what is normal and not normal for like, what does a door lock look like in this Louisiana house? And it's like, well, here's this weird fucking lion contraption. Um, and that gets hand-waved a lot more in Resident Evil Village or explained a lot more in Resident Evil Village because um, there is like a note that you can find that basically like this weird um, architect came through that village in the fifties or something like that and built all of these different labyrinths for this evil group, basically. Um, and that's fine. Like it's just a different vibe. It's a very different yeah. tone throughout resident evil village for sure. One one thing I do want to talk about, and we obviously have to avoid spoilers because I think it's probably the best section of the game. And you specifically mentioned how much do you love that kind of like puzzle uh, design of Seven and the horror of right. Seven. I really want to hear what your thoughts are on the Benevito estate. For for yeah. those who don't know, that's the doll's owner. Is It's Donna Benevito and the doll's name is Angie. Uh, it's yeah. one of the four lords um, you'll encounter. It's the second section, one. Yeah. yeah, it's the section... It's the second section. You'll go to uh, her mansion after the castle. Um, we're going to avoid uh, talking about what uh, is specifically down there or, like, I suppose, yeah, yeah, any yeah. of, like, the major scares there. But Just um, like we said at the, at the top, we're, yeah. we're avoiding spoilers here. But, yeah, uh, we can talk mechanically about it. What did, what did you kind of think about that as like a really as like a really big fan of seven? because I was really curious to see what people thought about that area because I've been seeing a lot of people talk about how that's like the scariest thing in this game's history. It's like that one section. Oh, and really? I, I, okay. I kind of disagree. Um, I think I think it's a really claustrophobic and really well designed puzzle. Um, I think it's good. I, I think it's definitely I think it kind of ruins the next section because it's not as scary. And you kind of like you have this like this thrill every you like kind of go up on a roller coaster and you get these huge scares and it's great. And then like the rest of it is just more kind of like RE4 focus where it's a lot more action. So I feel like out of all the four, it feels most disjointed, but like it's also some of the most like compelling like kind of gameplay, I think, in Village. 
Yeah, I like the puzzle uh, aspect of it a lot. Um, it is basically like, again, I can't think of a better word than gimmicky, but it is it is themed very specifically yeah. and very centrally on like this is a puzzle area, whereas the uh, area before that was like much more open ended and just kind of like throwing classic Resident Evil stuff at you. And then it's not really even a boss fight or there there's there's a boss ish element to it just like there's a boss boss ish element to every one of these zones uh, yeah. as you confront the four lords uh, but even that is like very different and unique and it's not something that you really saw in uh, seven even or or any other previous Resident Evil game that I know of um, maybe it happens in dead aim or some shit and I don't know about it um, it's good though it's it's very um the the area itself is like very cool. I like the, the look of it. It's this sort of almost inverted, not inverted in the sense that it is upside down, but inverted um, New England house, like just classic kind of um, right. 1800s architecture that is very bottom heavy. So you'll you start in there in inside of the house and it's a very normal looking house, which is a really interesting contrast to the rest of the stuff that you've seen so far, which is like European castles and like uh, feudal village kind of area. And then you go inside of there and it's like just this kind of fairly normal grandma house, you know, and then you get into an elevator and go downstairs and there's like two massive floors underground. So it looks like, you know, the top floor of any house that you might see anywhere else, but it's underground. So there are no windows and it's very dark and dank and claustrophobic in that way. And everything loops back in on itself in interesting ways. And while you're going through it, you know, again, mechanically, the puzzle here is that basically like you're always returning to this one room to find uh, different things about this, like one central object. And you will then leave that room to go like, okay, I'm going to go into this like study area and go get this like film canister. And I'm with a film canister. I can watch this video. And on the video, it gives me a hint of what I do next. And then you return back to that central room with new clues and sort of slowly unravel the thing in the center of the, uh, the whole house, which eventually leads to the, the more uh, horror elements of that whole thing. And this, this whole time that this is happening, you are also eventually getting stalked by one of the lords and you don't have any weapons throughout this whole sequence because they, they take away your all your weapons and healing items and such uh, right at the beginning. So it does, again, lean all the way into that sort of amnesia, the dark descent style of horror that became really popular after like the early 2010s. And uh, again, it does. It feels disjointed in the sense that the rest of the game is just not interested in that kind yeah. of thing. But at the same time, I like it enough I, just by main virtue of like its atmosphere that it's fine. Like I, it doesn't bother me so much. The one thing that is a little bit uh, odd about it is that I miss the sort of like um, Mr. Baker from Resident Evil 7, the Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. I miss that really emergent, open-ended sort of stalker type yeah. enemy, like that almost like a Clock Tower franchise kind of, I guess, uh, started with a lot of this stuff where it's just like the thing will just be moving through the area and you just cannot face it and you can never predict where it's going to be and you can do your best to try and like map out the area in your head to get around it but that's about it and with that area specifically it is a lot more like rote what the patterns of this this enemy are and yeah. at least for me anyway maybe other people will have a harder time with it but for me i was just like okay i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna hide in this closet once and now i'm free to explore again and then i'm gonna do that two more times and then i'm done with this area and once i figured that out it was a little bit less like interesting to me but i still liked the heavy focus on puzzle gameplay versus like just raw gunplay yeah it definitely does it feels a lot like outlast in that kind of mm. way where the the, the AI has kind of like not it, it can kind of go off the rails and follow you to a degree but it's got a very scripted path and yeah. kind of once you figure that path out and uh, you can kind of understand where okay this is the spot I'm supposed to hide in and wait for it to come here and then I'm going to go out and then I'm going to do this puzzle and then uh, you're going to go back and you're hiding and it's also very generous with when you can like like escape it. Yeah, uh, I suppose like you, it doesn't take a lot to really get away from whatever's chasing you. Um, I think it's very creepy looking, whatever, whatever, when it's chasing you. But I think, 
it is a lot of once you it's a lot less like Lady Dimitrescu where it kind of feels more free to do whatever the hell it wants. You have to kind of right. like plan around it and a lot more kind of scripted in the way uh, specific horror sequences play out. Um, it works for me. Uh, I think it, it's really interesting comparatively to the rest of the game. Uh, I think it fits the the boss. I was really worried going into this that I would have to just deal with a bunch of doll enemies because I just really didn't want to do that. That just sounds really like like cliche. Like when I, when you first introduce with the lords, it's pretty clear kind of what their general gimmick is going to be. Like you get you think it's sat down and there's like a doll like right in front of them laughing. And you're like, oh shit, there's going to be a doll section and this one's like a fish and you're going to have to deal with the fish. And then Heisenberg is the raggedy Magneto in the hat and he's got like a bunch of metal things. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to deal with the dolls. And I was pleasantly surprised. It kind of, like, subverts that to a degree that you really don't have to worry about that much. Um, but, I mean, I think the the Benevito estate, in the way it kind of, like, like gimmicky, like you said, it's a nasty word, but it's very much what kind of the way village structures everything is. Because right. when you go to Monroe's, and it's just a boss fight for, like, an hour and a half that you have to just deal with. That's very much like Resident Evil 4 again. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a, a giant extended boss fight section, which is also is interesting. I don't think it works as well as the like um, and maybe by maybe I've just got some rose colored glasses here about that fish boss fight from Monster from Monster Hunter from Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Monster Hunter 4, when you fight uh, Delometer at the end. Ah, oh, crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think it's quite as again, because again, I think actually this this puts a good bow on a lot of my thoughts about Resident Evil Village in general and actually makes me want to go back and play it again on a harder difficulty because the game feels so attainable and so beatable and so designed to be beaten in a way that is like not what Resident Evil one or two is or what the remakes and what Resident Evil 7 managed to feel like. Uh, Resident Evil Village always, always, always feels like it is giving you more resources than you need. You are always like supposed to be able to go exactly where you're supposed to go. There's a couple of sections here and there where it's like, okay, this puzzle could have been telegraphed more easily, but at the end of the day, it feels like a game that is meant to be beaten and relatively smoothly. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you shoot enemies in this game, they can sometimes or or like in in Resident Evil 4, let's say when you shot enemies, they would sometimes drop money or a green herb or, you know, whatever. In this game, at least on standard difficulty, every time you shoot an enemy, it drops something. And yeah. most of the time, that's money. And most of the time, almost all of the time, in point of fact, that money is worth enough to buy is like twice or three times as many bullets as you used fighting that enemy. So there's no reason to never not be fighting an enemy. Like in the classic Resident Evil 1 or even 2 type situation where it's like, no, you actually want to run away from the monsters more often than not because if you don't, uh, you're going to run out of stuff and you won't have enough stuff to fight the bosses or whatever. But no, this game is always, always, always on your side. It, it's, it's very generous in what it... And I can say I have played on the harder difficulties. I think it does make it a little bit better and a little bit... Especially, like, if you do it a vill- Village of Shadows, which is unlocked after you beat the game or if you, like, buy their deluxe edition. Right, it's um, unlocked from the like, jump if you have the deluxe. Enemies are a lot more bullet spongy in that game and require a lot more uh, kind of, like, dedication and, like, patience if you really want to kill them, unless you, like, use, like, infinite ammo or one of those, like, really upgraded weapons. Um... I feel like Hardcore Village of Shadow is what I would recommend new players kind of like play to because it, it, if, you, if you want kind of more of that like classic survival horror feeling because it's a lot more tense, enemies do more damage, uh, they take more damage. But like you are right though. It throws so much. It's, it's so easy to just kind of like go through the motions and the fact that like certain areas like don't even have you fighting and you're just gaining resources during it right. is just a little bit much because you just can just blow through enemies at a certain point and there's almost no worry. Like I think the only part that like really had me like kind of like worried about my ammo was the very beginning uh, in the castle because I wasted a lot of ammo shooting Lady Dimitres thinking I could stun her. Mm-hmm. And that never worked. <laughs> and then the other one is where you are now, which is Heisenberg Factory, strictly because the enemies are a little uh, tougher to kill, uh, simply because the the way they're designed, uh, there's like a specific area. You have to shoot them to like really weaken them. Otherwise, you're just wasting ammo. Right. But like it throws it, – it really holds your hand 
And it's definitely a game that really wants players to just kind of like go through it and beat it. And like even the boss fights, they're not that hard, like comparatively to other Resident Evil games where they can be pretty tricky sometimes. Like I felt like Monroe's could be a little annoying at times. Or Monroe, yeah, the, fi- the only, fish on- monster. Only because like he has like an attack or he just like spews acid all over the place. And if you're like, it's really like, it's telegraphed in a way where like once it's happening, you're already fucked. Like it's, you have like, once you realize what it's doing, like if you're not in a specific area, you're, you're going to, you're going to be wasting some of your heals to like get right. to an area of safety. But like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that difficult of a game, which was a little bit of a disappointment. Cause I do like uh, the challenge that RE2 remake uh, really instilled. I do like what you mentioned where you kind of like, sometimes you just like open a door and there's a bunch of liquors and you hear Mr. Action and you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna run it. I'm just gonna run it and if it, if it works, it works. We're just gonna run by everyone. I need this ammo. And it really yeah. doesn't have it in this game at all. And there's really right. like there's not enough enemy variety I felt, at least so far. Like, you're you're basically fighting the same like ten, six or seven enemies for like 90% of the game. And a lot of the enemies are basically just functionally identical to each other there's like these sort of like vampire victims in lady Demistri- oh god i don't know how to pronounce her name lady d's castle and uh <laughs> they are just kind of like these shambling very classic resident evil style zombie type enemies and then later on you're out in like this graveyard area and basically identical types of enemies start popping out of the ground they look different but they function pretty much the same um and you do get a little bit of that i will say though if you ignore the part about like difficulty and horror and stuff and are actually just interested in that resident evil 2 remake style of here's a big giant place go explore it find resources get better get re get upgrades get xyz get you know fill up your inventory and become more powerful over time by by virtue of exploration it's still really good at that because it keeps a lot of the same ideas from resident evil 2 remake in terms of like if you enter a house so we haven't even talked about this yet the whole game, it, it is split into these four zones that um, are each ruled by a different lord, but between those zones is the titular village. You can go back to the village at any time, and it is basically like a huge, in its own way, the the police station from Resident Evil 2. Yeah. It is almost like the, like, hey, you want classic Resident Evil style here's a big space and explore it it's not the it's not the story sections it's this big open hub world that you explore and every time you finish a different lord's area you have some new almost metroidvania style uh key that will open up these areas that you couldn't get to before and in those areas you'll find more money and more gear and actually sometimes in terms of like speaking about what you were saying about enemy variety there are entire like mini bosses and dungeons tied to some of this stuff that you can completely miss if you're not careful. I think, I think this is probably like the best part of village is the village. I think it's something I would really like to see expanded on a little more in other resident evil games. Cause I like that idea that I think this is what makes the gimmicky, the thematic kind of like sections work so well is you're always coming, you always know what you're coming back to. You're coming back to this hub world that is going to slowly open up as you progress through the game, as you get more resources, you get more key items to open up specific doors that are made. And you you kind of like go off to like this like amusement ride to get whatever you need to open up this door back at like the main village. And it's a very uh it's like the the weave that like holds everything together. It keeps everything kind of from going off the rails because I think if it just was very linear and went from like the castle straight into the the dollhouse, uh, straight into uh, the reservoir, straight into Heisenberg's place, it would feel a lot more disjointed than it does. But I think that like yeah. kind of central area of like almost familiarity and unfamiliarity really helps keep uh, Village on like the kind of rails of not feeling completely out of its mind with where or tonally like disjointed right yeah that's a good point actually like it does act as really good glue that like reminds you of the roots of the franchise if not the roots of like resident evil one and two at least like goes back to the resident evil four mode um which i think is where it kind of like that's its resting state is resident evil four and then it jumps up to resident evil five levels in some places with like uh the stronghold section in particular is just like one big giant fight 
I hate uh, to I hate to warn you. It's gonna get to six at the end of Heisenberg. <laughs> okay, great. I see. I think they. I feel like. And again, I do like this game a lot. I like the. I I actually really like the 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 change in like the vampires and werewolves and all that stuff. I like that the 100%. idea that Resident Evil can just kind of be about whatever is really fun to me, and it all ties back into Resident Evil lore type stuff. But I don't really give a shit. Speaking of just the stuff that you really encounter in the game, it's werewolves and vampires and stuff, right? That stuff I like. I like that it is willing to explore those different avenues and that sort of thing. But God damn it, I do wish that Capcom would just like see that a thing can be uh, like see the thing that like is good about these games. And the thing that everybody always points to every time one of these games happens is in the back third is always like, yep, it's a bunch of fucking fights at the end with this kind of intention, semi intentionally bad combat system that is like very deliberate and stuff and here's 30 different enemies and it just drains all the tension right out of it and part of that is also again if you're if you're exploring a lot like i am because it is so satisfying to explore this world because the it does have that resident evil 2 map system where every time you enter a house or something it marks it in red Mm -hmm. (laughs) it marks it in red to say you haven't found everything in this building or yet or in this room yet if you're in the castle or some other area and you you'll be just like hunting around this room like where the fuck is this thing that I'm missing? Like, what the fuck am I missing? And it's a, and it's a gem glued to like a chandelier or something that you have to shoot off. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah, some. But the game will always let you know, hey, you're still missing something in this area that you know you can find. And again, yeah, it, it can just be something as simple as that. But it, like, if you're like me, you'll spend three hours in that room just like pixel hunting for this fucking meaningless gem. But with the amount of money that this game gives you, if you do those side areas and whatnot, you don't need the extra two thousand lay or whatever it's called the the currency in this game but i fucking want it because i want that room to turn blue instead of red god damn it you know it's just like so satisfying it's it's very good and it's it's it can be especially like bad when you realize that like you have an entire like once you realize you can't go back like on your first playthrough when you can't go back to a an area once you've like fully beaten it's like you can't go back to the castle once you've beaten the castle so like when you realize that, like my second playthrough, I spent like an absorbent amount of time just looking at ceilings and looking at fucking like corners of the room, looking for like the little bit of shine of that like crystal that I know I have to shoot down to get that blue, that room to turn blue and get that that sweet, sweet serotonin release that I've done mm-hmm. my job and clean this room and I can move on. But it's it's very good. Um I did I did. I was very curious also because we, we talked about a little bit before we started recording. What did you kind of think of the villains like the because I love them. I think I don't think I hate any. I don't think I really dislike any of them. What do you think of like the villains of themselves? Yeah, I, I think they're pretty good overall so far. Um, different ones of them get more time than others. Uh, so far of the ones that I've seen, Lady D is the one that gets like the most actual like backstory and like yeah. what's going on with her. Um, and then it's like. The the doll person, um, their whole area, you kind of get some backstory on them that that is okay and interesting, but it's like not nearly as uh, involved. Uh, just by the nature of like what's going on in that area, you you kind of can't get a ton of stuff going on with them. Uh, and then the big fish monster is a big fish monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, Magneto so far. Um, has inter- again introduced some interesting stuff, but it's just so stonewalled by Ethan as a character that almost feels intentional. Like again, it it feels like in Resident Evil Seven they made some very intentional choices around. Um, like there's in Resident Evil Seven, uh, the the something I alluded to earlier was like multiple times in that game, Ethan gets his uh, like limbs chopped off and then just reattaches them with this fucking magic disinfectant that he pours over his like severed <laughs> part of his body. Um, and then if you read, like, it just looks like he's pouring rubbing alcohol on his wrist and then reattaching his arm or whatever. Um, if you look at the item description, it's like, uh, promotes, uh, spontaneous cellular regeneration or whatever, but it is so off the fucking, uh, it is so off, uh, the rails that, you can't help but laugh at it. And it feels so ridiculous that it has to be intentional in seven. And then in um, village that feels a little bit less intentional. Sometimes it feels like, again, most of the ridiculousness just comes from Ethan being so ridiculous, but at the same time, he can't like, they, they have to know, they have to know that this, that this character is a brick. 
he's just completely inert and as a character. That's the, that's the only way I can because because what frustrates me is if you look around his house in the beginning, he's had military training since like village to since seven to village. Like he trained with like Chris's group to like be ready at like you know in case this shit happens again. And like Ethan is still like the most useless protagonist of like any of these people that we've had before in Resident Evil. And it's really funny because like Heisenberg, like I feel like he recognizes that like as a character that Ethan's just an idiot and like he's not there's nothing you could do about it. Like he's just an idiot. So he's just going to let him go and fucking be an idiot somewhere else. He's not going to bother with him. Right. It's just Ethan as a character, I think is I think Ethan's a bad character. I think just like. The characterization of him being a brick wall and being just stupid can only take him so far. And I think his motives and his just general like reaction to the world is just really bad and really uninteresting. And it's just like I'm not asking him to be like cool and suave like Leon or uh, confident like Claire. But like Ethan's like personality trait is he's just befuddled by everything. Right. Like, there's a bit in the demo that uh, that's also in the game where he goes to a house very early on with a bunch of people, and like this, the one guy turns into a werewolf, and the whole like fucking like a big fight breaks out in the thing, and like he's trying to save the girl, and like she's like she's also dumb because she just won't make like there she's like maybe two feet below Ethan, like a, below a fire. And he's like, jump and grab my hand. And she's like, I can't. And like, the thing breaks and she falls in. And like, Ethan like says, like, the dumb, like, why does everybody fucking die on me? Like, Ethan, God, this is like the first person you met. Like, this is like the second person you've met in the game. Just please relax. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the events of Seven never happened. And he's still just completely confused by all this. Like, he's been through batshit insane things already. Right. I, like, I don't understand how he's surprised anymore. That's the thing is it just feels so, so jarring in the sense like, I mean, yes, things are weirder in Village than they were in seven comparatively, I would guess, because just by virtue of like the variety of weird shit that is happening yeah. in Village. But yeah, it is uh, it is just very, very odd that he continues to act this way that like his character has not seemed to be developed at all. Um it's it, but I think part of that, too, is it's also just like and I think this is actually intentional and actually like a really interesting intro with his wife, Mia, who we learn in Resident Evil 7 was evil. She was an umbrella agent, basically, who was like transporting a bioweapon uh, throughout that game uh, or before the events of that game. And she actually gets like this really interesting sort of like presentation, which I think the voice actor really sells very well, too, which is this whole idea of like. She is a hardened mercenary, like umbrella style Albert Wesker killer and survived this horrible, horrible ordeal and is like, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm fucking done with it. I didn't want to have a family and live a normal life or whatever. That was just my cover identity. But now this is where all of my chips go. I'm, I'm putting it all into this baby and this husband that I don't actually care that much about because I'm going to try and eke out some kind of like normal life because I live through hell and I'm just going to grab onto the nearest life raft I have. And they, they do a great job of actually selling that as a character trait early on in the game um, with her like trying to like basically fake it at this domestic life with Ethan uh, yeah. and just really, really not wanting to be there, but trying to tell herself that she's, she wants to be there um, because it, the alternative is having to think about how she was almost killed and eaten by fucking evil fungus in the previous game. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's not really anything else for her. And then it like Ethan, not a thought in his head, just completely <laughs> like <laughs> those three head. years. Yeah. <laughs> That a game that that game and the three years between it might as well not have happened to this man. Ethan, <laughs> Mia's coming home like fuck. I just want to forget. I just want to like get over it. And Ethan's like, so you guys want to? You ever consider going to Louisiana sometime? Let's go like have a vacation yeah, uh-huh. like down south or something. Like it's yeah. been three whole years. We should just yeah, go right back three. there, right? Like you know, it's fine you now. Be, why can't you be normal, Mia? It was just <laughs> mutated fungus trying to kill you and a bunch of crazy rednecks trying to eat us. Like, why can't you just be just be normal, Mia, please, for our daughter? Nothing happened. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very odd. Um, Ethan as a character is this very odd decision for this franchise. Um, I mean, it it also makes sense considering it sounds like this game did not start as a Resident Evil game, which is where you like definitely see why they would probably have werewolves and witches and stuff versus um, zombies. But um, 
at the same time, I think they do do an okay job. I actually do like some of the like implied things I've found on different text logs and stuff about the nature of what's going on in the like new arc of Resident Evil story stuff. I actually kind of like uh, what they set up there in the background, which I won't go into too much detail about. It is kind of a side thing so far, but uh, I don't know how big it'll end up playing into things later it, on. So. It, it does it does try to tie it kind of a little bit more together once you really get to the end. Like, once sure. you, like, get past where you are, once you kind of, like, get farther in, it's going to, like, really try to tie a lot of it together, which I'm, I'm interested to see uh, kind of your thoughts on that. But I think... For, for like I said, like I alluded to earlier, like it's very vague with right. its RE like techno terminology. And I think I that mean, kind of helps it a lot. Until this game came out and you played it, like I thought Resident Evil 7 took place in an AU. I thought Resident Evil 7 was like, okay, Chris Redfield is there, but it's not the Chris Redfield from Resident Evil 1 and 5. Like this is a different guy. This is a different timeline. Umbrella happened, but it's like a different thing. And it's like, nope, it's just they're talking about Albert Wesker and some of these like um, throwaway little text logs you could find and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we're, we're doing this. We're, we're circling back around on that stuff. But at the same time, like you said earlier, I think it does find a much better balance of not leaning so hard into like the, the made up jargon and fake proper nouns of like B.O.W.'s and, <laughs> you know, all that weird nonsense. Um, I think it does a much better job with uh, keeping it down to earth, even if it does get a little bit more over the top than seven did. Um, still very, very satisfying to play in that very exploratory way. Um, so if that's the direction that they want to keep going, like I, you know, there's worse things. Um, I, yeah. I, I like that. It's not what, it's not like the perfect blend that I love from seven, but it is, uh, also fun in its own way. I think, I think village is a very interesting game that I think will, it will be a very love it or hate it for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm on the love it kind of side. I really like for all of the issues I I've, I've laid out, like I really do like this game a lot. I think it's a lot of, it's a good kind of like sampler of why I love the resident evil game so much. Cause it's just, it's just willing to get weird when it wants to get weird. It's willing to kind of like do horror when it wants to do horror. And it's got a really interesting kind of gimmick tying it all together uh, with like the village. Um, I like I like Village a lot in that it's it really just wants to revel in its insanity, I guess. Like it never really stops to explain a lot of the madness until like the very end, which where everything falls apart. Um it just kind of like lets it it lets its characters chew its dialogue. Like the opening bit where you meet the four lords is them arguing about how the hell they're going to kill Ethan. And like Ethan's just there and he's like, do I have an opinion? And they just completely ignore Ethan and they just keep like having this like family squabble about what they're going to do. And I think it's a really interesting way to present your, your antagonist that we don't see in a Resident Evil game. Cause previously when it comes to central antagonists, we've had the bakers, which I would argue are probably their best major villain besides Wesker and five. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they get the most screen time and yeah. are like the most like in your face about it. Whereas Wesker is basically like this mustache twirling cartoon villain. That's so good. <laughs> moves in and out, out of the shadows. Whereas like the Baker family is like, they, they foreground that game. Actually, it's basically the same thing as the dinner scene in, in resident evil seven. Yeah. Um, in this game, they, they, they do draw from resident evil seven in some ways, but it's like way more bombastic and over, the, over the top. Uh, again, it's like the Baker family dinner is like Ethan tied to a chair while he has to like listen to these people who are being like mind controlled by this evil fungus um, kind of like play act this weird uh, family life. And in this one, it's like a the most fucking horrible looking puppet doll thing that you've ever <laughs> seen comes up and right into Ethan's face and is like, I want to eat him or whatever the fuck. And then like so, <laughs> somebody's like grows six bat wings and says silence. And it's just like the way more over the top version of that scene. And I think that is actually a really good encapsulation of like what seven is, is like, or what eight is rather what village is, is uh, just escalation. It's, it's more escalation mm -hmm. starting mm -hmm. from a different starting point than other Resident Evil games have uh, classically escalated from. But uh, that is what it is. And I think that is a podcast, a review podcast, if you will, for Resident Evil Village. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Colin, for sticking around for this one and beating the game. Of course. Uh, thank you for it, having me. I'm always, I'm always uh, happy to talk about Resident Evil. And make sure, if you are playing Resident Evil, we're going to have a smorgasbord 
of guides go live uh, tomorrow. Oh. So if you need any help with any uh, attaching of any limbs or uh, puzzles that Ethan couldn't solve if we weren't there to help him, uh, you know, make sure to check out fanby.com's guides. Literally dozens of guides in the system ready to go for tomorrow, <laughs> which is wild. Thank you for doing all that, Colin. <laughs> Uh, sorry, today, uh, Jordan, our producer, uh, reminds us because this podcast is going up the day after we record it. So thank you. Uh, thank you, speaking Jordan. of Jordan, you can follow Jordan on Twitter at at Jordan underscore Mallory. You can follow me on Twitter at at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Where can people follow you, Colin? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Beguiled Gamer. And you can find all of our stuff on Twitter at at Fanbyte Media. Uh, that is the Twitter handle for the whole company where we have a bunch of great links to great content and a bunch of great uh, shit posts about <laughs> less interesting stuff. But uh, I think it's very funny. Uh, you can also go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to hear all of our shows, including 99 Potions, which is another podcast that I'm on where we talk about RPGs every week with my co-host Natalie Flores. And you can go to fanbyte.casa to join our Discord community uh, where you can send in questions for Channel F, which is the podcast feed you're listening to right now or just kind of hang out with people find people to play games with and all sorts of other fun stuff like that oh i think that's gonna wrap it up for us but we'll be back again not too long from now i'm sure with another review podcast um in the meantime we're putting this review in the rear view but we'll always be looking forward